playing like a precocious, nasty little ten-year-old who was like right. the dentist to uh, Charles Grodin's Mr. Wilson, and it yeah. wasn't good. It was just a, uh, it was a really hard movie to sit through. Like really, it took me a year to watch it. Did I get just for history? No, it's one of those bad, bad films, and people love it. There's a cult to it. Is it the guy with the slicked up hair? Oh yeah, yeah, right. The I Ed Grimley. Yeah. What? I must oh, say that. Oh, I'm wrong. He's not. It's no, not it's, that it is. It's that actor, but it's not that character. Yeah. He's playing like he, the actor of the character is playing a ten year old who's like kind of corrects everything he says. Like, but it's obviously the actor, the adult <laughs> actor, but everything is like set up for size for him to walk around. And act like a ten-year-old. Oh, really? So it's and, physical. Yeah, yeah. But these guys pull it off. Oh, this is like the ultimate teenage fantasy. It's like his funeral. Yeah, he'll be sorry when he'll I be sorry. Dead. He's oh, in there. Oh, he's oh, in the cab. Yeah. yeah, I'm dead now. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. parents like, oh, if only we let him sample. Right, right. He wouldn't kill himself. Uh, there he goes. That just right the yard. And now he's going back inside. Oh. Oh, you're the uh, worst. I'm not yeah. a slave. Oh, I can't yes. anymore. So it was the same actors in the TV show who played the parents because they get a lot more to do in this movie. Not the dad. Uh, oh, the mom. Yes, there were cast changes. Okay, here. Okay. Uh, Enfield, Kathy Burke, and Louisa Ricks, who you'll see later, return to their roles. Uh, James Fleet, this father here, replaced Stephen Moore as Kevin's father. Uh, James Fleet, who plays Kevin's dad in the movie, actually played his school teacher in Harry Enfield and Chums. Interesting. Yeah, so he was in the original sketch. So now they're on the proud to like find a job and then right this is that one it's like stepbrothers they go out with tuxedos so they go to the record store immediately mm-hmm. although yeah. the film received mixed reviews upon release it's since gained a cult following primarily oh. due to its soundtrack and that's how he's, you found out right yeah oh he's oh i thought he was jerking off but he's just pouring Actually, when they re- it's like a reveal, Carl. I was misled. I was bait and switch. He's actually bait and switch those, these writers. Oh, writers. Because that's all he thinks about. Yeah, like uh, the, the soundtrack is. I mean, this is one thing about this show. Like, this is a tough haul because it's all about the audio. It's all about the weird voices that they try to affect as no. as fourteen year old, fifteen year old. Um, and the soundtrack is just every song. I don't know. I was watching Blade trilogy, all three movies, right at once. Why like, you do that to yourself. Is that the Wesley Snipes film? It is. Yeah, sure. Because that's like I had never seen it in my life, and I said I should watch them. And then my streaming service is like, you're never going to see it on this streaming service. You're going to have to go to Tubi. I'm like, I don't want to go to Tubi. They got ads, and uh, so I've been watching like a half hour of each of them. And one of the things that that i like is this is the techno they embrace techno but there's right. a way of pulling it off this movie pulls it off yeah like right now the hardcore techno is playing or whatever what and... let me hear burr, 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 burr. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah. 
Oui, 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 oui. Yes, the autobus. Yes, the autobus. Carl took ecstasy. Carl took ecstasy. Carl took ecstasy. Out of my mind. Out of my mind. Yip yap. Yip yap. Well, I know I'm just making a joke. Yip yap. You mean in the real world, this is a good soundtrack. Yeah. Oh no, because every song is like a class. I think this is Underworld King of Snakes. All right, hang on. King of Snakes. King of Snakes. A girl getting in bed. We're about to hit hit one on our boner count. This is a long extended boner. This kind of sets up the entire movie. Uh, get your boner expectations clear. All right, so I don't know, some euphoric mishmash. Now she, oh, was she in the show? Is she, is she the other one you're talking about? No, we're going to meet her on the island. Okay. Idira. Idira. Erection. Erection count one. Okay, let me note it. One boner. <laughs> Look, he's pitching a tent, man. My goodness. You know, uh, their their parents get into more crazy situations. I think it has two ends, it... boner, right? Otherwise, I'm spelling boner. No, it's boner. Like, uh... so it's one n. Yeah. Okay. You, you've seen Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron. His best friend was Boner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And don't forget, because in, in Leave it to Beaver, Eddie Eddie's best friend was Lumpy. Remember, Lump like, Wally would hang out with Eddie and Lumpy? So does Lumpy mean, like, he's got a lump in his pants? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, I mean, what does Boner mean on Growing Pains? No, but I'm saying the slang, yeah. you know the slang boner is. I think they got it. They slipped it in and leave it to Beaver. <laughs> oh. I don't think they had the expression Beaver back when, you know. Yeah, yeah sure. They did? I don't know. How did it start? Like so many books? They, like, when did Pussy and Beaver come into play? I think they just had a rhyme. It's just like, leave it to Cleve. Leave it to Cleveland. And they're like, well. <laughs> Almost there. Let's stay up all the night. We'll figure it out. So now he's lying, of course, to Perry. Kevin is lying to Perry. Yeah, I got slayed, I did. But they yeah. say, like, the girls come up and they call him out and they say, so-and-so overheard you. But who? Yeah. We're watching him saying now. We're watching what? He's what? saying it now to his best mate, right? And fellow what? DJ? No, he and... said it before when he were, they were coming down the stairs. Oh. Sleeping girl, they believe. He goes, huh? And looks oh, at so there for a while. This director's name is Ed By. And in this film, there's a bunch of Germans, and he's like the lead German. That's his like Oh here. Oh yeah, like, here's their song. What did you think, think it was? Big girl, big girl. Give it, give it a listen just one more time. Think me too. Or big up. All right, now he's confronted. You says you shagged me. No. no. Watch, the director's gonna make them all red. Or the I think that's great. I mean, that's the thing. Like, how can I? Like, how can I say this movie's bad? This is a great movie. He's completely red. Oh, shag you. And of course, at the end of the film, she goes, oh, I shagged him before he was famous. Yeah, I thought she was one. 
if you watch this show, I will ruin this film for you. Right. I mean, maybe you could pause this podcast and watch the movie, but oh well. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't pause it. They're going virgin. Now, what's the music playing right now? Is this from like... Is this Oliver Stone Platoon? <laughs> the Simpsons made a reference in the early seasons. It's like there's a carnage of war and there's like withering bodies and that music plays. Like they're playing music connected to a war film as he <laughs> <laughs> well, takes the escalator up the mall. And it's the walk of shame. Sign for your father's package. And he goes, look at what he does. He ruins the thing for this fucking thanks. Now nah, he's polite about it, but it's that British wit where he goes, thanks. <laughs> okay, so now we are at the bank, right? Mm-hmm. And they're failures at getting a job and even doing their thing on the street for change. Now they're gonna put what little money they made into the bank. Humiliated again. Well, they have the credit cards, so they just want to get money off the card. Oh, they're not putting... No, they signed for their dad's new credit card. Oh. Okay, it's a bank robbery. Right, so he sits down on the... uh, the Put your hands up! Get your cleavage out! That's the director. No. What, saying, saying, get your cleavage out? Yeah. There it is. Whoa! Now he we get another boner count off of this. <laughs> the alarm is like right Whoa. under his crotch. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's like I feel bad talking about it. Like the check out the look the robber gives. Like he figures his, he's trying to calculate what's going on. But he sees the flashing light and it's on this guy's crotch. So he looks down and he sees a fifteen year old boner. And he, <laughs> it goes like this. You know, like, he just gives the guy a look, like. Now, this is completely outside of the real world. It's just not believable that they would get. They have to get this movie going. It's not more than 90 minutes, this film. They got to get to this island as well. Yeah. They got, we're going to Ibiza. But they could have done. They could have done the same thing, right? It's just two seconds of a scene. They could have done another reason why they got money. Well, that was the reason they picked. That was the one that worked. Now, virgin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to the island, which is great. But so are the parents. You didn't think we let you go on your own, did you? <laughs> oh, the worst. Even Perry. Perry has no... Perry's one of those guys that has no parents. He's like crashed on your couch. Right. That's right. Yeah. Ow. Oh, and then he actually gets hurt. Oof. Life. Oh, there's uh, Queen Anne again. One thing I got to say, like in that fantasy up front, it's, yeah. it has a scene in the bookstore with them going to get the new book written by Kevin. And I thought that was a nice touch. For the ending. But not to spoil anything, but at the ending, they're at a bookstore where... Yeah, with his book. Parents are signing the book. Yeah, and they're signing there. Go ahead. It's like mid mid marriage sex life. Yeah. 
Bowley again. Oh, this song. Hang on. This is my favorite mix. All I want to do is do it. Now we're in the club. This backbeat is much better, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. A big up. I'm disappointed when they're in the real club and they don't say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, all I want to do is do it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They don't do that. No, they do the cooler version, the the chill mix, the the chill out mix. All I want to do is do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're high in the cloud, man. Did he lift that off of the videotape? Yeah, he did. And well, he he combined. You're talking about eyeball Paul. We're he gonna see combined them. He combined them. Yeah, he took his parents' sex tape and the uh, demo and combined it into a white label. It's all in the movie. Uh, it is Virgin's son. That's yeah, the internet cares very much that this isn't really landing in the island. Well, can I give a full disclosure? I found this uh, soundtrack at Virgin uh, Virgin Megastore when oh, it was no. still open in San Francisco. So it's full circle. It was pure advertising. They were able to advertise in a movie that they sell in their store. Right. Later goes bankrupt. But... Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. The, this is the love interest. Now, the one on the left is Lydia from Breaking Bad. Oh, with the, the pigtails, I guess? With the, the blue sunglasses, the one right. on the left. Uh, well, actually, they crossed in front of us. I guess now she's on the right. Blue sunglasses. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Lydia. I guess I'll talk about her because I brought her up. Her name, okay, Candace. Candace, that's Candace. And she was in A Knight's Tale. She, she was Lydia, I don't know how to say the last name, Quail, in Breaking Bad. She was in Vanilla Sky. She was in The Man in the Iron Mask. And she was in A Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart. So that's our only Star Trek connection. Patrick Stewart is Captain Picard. I know it's a stretch. I have to present a Star Trek connection. Um, it is a stretch. He's That's like a... Christmas Carol connection. Right. But but it was played by the guy who was made famous as Captain Kirk. I mean, I know you know the connection. I'm saying it's stronger than you're giving it. Okay, this is Eyeball Paul, the greatest DJ in the movie. Right. 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 So they bump into him and then he says, yeah, sure, kid. Well, I'll listen to your demo. They're wearing not North Face parkas. Well, they, they didn't. Okay. Let's just get past Eyeball Paul. What he was was a fucking rude asshole to them. That's what he was. And they're like, he's the nicest guy. Throughout this entire movie, no matter how many toilets they have to clean, I took a bag of crap last night. He was really polite. Oh, thank you, Eyeball Paul. So I guess the joke is they're dressed for cold weather. There well, no, they're like raving. It's like a certain look from uh, British pop culture history in the early 90s. You had a parka. You're Happy Mondays. <laughs> they're dressed like Fez from Happy Monday. You wouldn't understand, you old festering pus bags. <laughs> <laughs> you old festering pus bags. Don't talk to your mother like that. He just nails, they both nail like being a god-awful adolescent. Yeah. Like boy, especially. Yeah, it scares me. Big up, big up. I thought he was saying big up, but then the song is listed as big girl. Let's Google it. Computer. 
Here's my Star Trek connection. I'm gonna ask the computer for information. Working. <laughs> computer. Okay, so Kevin and Perry lyrics. All I wanna do is do it. Yeah, compute calculating. All I wanna do is it's do called it. Called Big Girl. It's called the song is called Big Girl. That's what I'm saying. It's Big Girl, and so I think they say Big Up. Like they're they're like uh, Wayne and Garth, and it's like what awesome, you know? Okay, excellent, to Wayne, big up. Oh, speaking of big ups. Oh, do we have a boner count? No, there's two boners, right? So that's that counts as four now. Okay, so those are two boners. So three, four. They do the only thing that a self-respecting man would do on the beach is to dig a hole in the sand and stick it in there. So there's a parker company called North Face. Their jacket is called South Face. I just want to oh. bring it up one more time. Yes, oh, you're yeah. right. It's Big Girl. All I want to do is do it. Big Girl, Big Girl. That's oh. I'm always wrong, man. I hate that. It's okay. Like, let's see. All I want to do it. Big girl. Big girl. So that's like nine words in the whole song. So I I get it. <laughs> okay, so now it's really funny because he's put on this accent. Oh, I got I got I'm telling you that I have this accent. But the girls have these crazy accents as well. Yeah. Scottish breaking bad. Right now she's pretending she's on the phone. Oh, they got like the gear is so funny. It's just like everything is like of a moment. That's just you know, like they nailed it. We we watched a lot of we watched some uh, surf movies. We watched uh, it's a bikini world, and we also right, watched it's a bikini uh, world. one that took place in a ski resort. And this is like the same kind of thing, but it's funnier. The one where the guy pretends he's his brother and he's a nerd. Yeah. Now the phone rings, so obviously she wasn't really on the phone. And oh, I thought she was so drunk. But this well, is the best part too. They were embarrassed, just like them, you know. Right. Well, they do they have a little. Away. Well, they had the margarita. They finished it. <laughs> but this is a little heightened reality because he he pulls out a kipper, hands it to the waiter. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Keep the change. They're so in love. There they are. They're embarrassed. Monsters. That's part of this movie is just like how so like in, in Blade, I was saying they play rave music, and there's a scene in the beginning where there's like a, a rave in a meat packing yard and the rave music is playing. And then they squirt blood from the sprinkler and everyone's like, oh. the rave music escalates. It's great. But then you watch like the third one, the second one. Oh, he goes, this is where he goes, ah, tranny. Oh, here's the, there he is. Germans, the yeah. just passed. It's a weird moment. He's filming everything. He goes, ah, tranny, tranny. And he starts pointing the camera at this, uh, every, the body. And then right away you hear stomping and they go, look out, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> But it's but funny right that like here, they, this will end up in the end of the film, okay? Right, they're they're teenagers confessing. They're they're yes, like yeah. they're kidding around too, and they're like, oh, "I want to lick your tongue, Candace," stuff like that. Right, and that's going to be an eyeball is going to use that in the mix. Right, 
Let's ruin it. That, don't watch. So don't watch then. So don't watch. Listen, listen if you watch this movie, all you're going to get is the soundtrack and the, the voice. Oh, here we go. Here comes the real point of this movie, the parents. This movie is about the parents getting their butt done. No. He was getting videos of people kissing. Right. Like, so then they see the parents who are like, like obviously. Yeah, by mistake. Yeah. But that's just the start of it. Oh, it's you're right. Yeah. It set the tone like you had said before for the other. I forget now. Now he's being so funny. He's like, oh, 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 he's just coughing. He's just a wall order for everybody. Now they're speaking great Spanish. Spanish yeah, fluent, but he's like disgusted by it instead of impressed. Well, because he's like, uh, they have this me more boner count. Oh. Voter count five. That's five boners. Well, you'll see it because he's going to have to leave. Five. Five voter. Boner count. Voter count. I've made a cross hatch. Isn't that what it used to be called? Yeah, I guess. Where's it? I never, I never thought it had a name. He goes, the wankers. And then Perry goes, yeah, we are, right? We. He goes, no, me parents. And he goes, oh, right. That then. Oh, yeah, that wanker. All right, here we go. Cream. Amnesia. Oh, this makes me sad, like, for Virgin Megastore and, like, going into record shops and finding these compilations. Now, what we're seeing here isn't the real amnesia on the island. Now, they did shoot in the real amnesia, but, right. but this is a fake thing for the movie. Now here's I no wait eyeball Paul right because he drinks vodka through his eyeball right and we'll learn that in person that was really good now you should know this actor's face um, if you can't pronounce his name you should at least know his face he was in a lot of things in United States now the reason you can't pronounce his name is because he's Welsh okay so it's R H Y S. It's Reese Owls, right? Reese, Reese, um, and then it's I F A N S. <laughs> Reese Ifan, Rahais. Was it Notting? I think Notting Hill as the roommate was his big role, but I also saw him in Formula Fifty One. Yeah, you're gonna find a bunch. Okay, so they coincidentally pass the nerdy girls, and they see that he's with Eyeball Paul. But this female Kevin and Perry version. So who gets, they are impressed. They are impressed. Oh, this is where he gets he gets uh grilled. He's like, Do you like happy Gabricore or regular? Oh yeah. You guys are DJs ridiculous. That's a garage. Bumpin' house? Oh. Laring, stupid. Sasha Kane. Sasha Kane. Wow, that was the one. The DJs. But. Yeah, he couldn't believe it. So I don't know who the other DJ was. I recognize Sash. It's like Sasha or something. All right, get him in. Now fuck off. Right, he gives yeah. him the card though, and he says, "Come to my house tomorrow." Now, 
they think, of course, it's for some music reason. No, it's that, they're going to clean the toilets. Right. They're, well, they're going to paint. They're going to the paintbrushes is in the cupboard. They're going to paint his bathroom. <laughs> now, it kind of doesn't make sense in the real world because. They're just visiting. Yeah, they're in a hotel, you know. Okay, so when you see the DJ booth, it's not the real inside of the club. But a lot of these shots are the real inside of the club. Now, this movie is like 40%, 30% people dancing in club scenes like this. Maybe uh, 10%, 15%. Well, you're right. It's up there. This movie's not that long. No. And it's, and it's mostly this. We're super long. The end credit is great because you have the remix of that Big Girl song. And it's like... Uh, uh, even more insane. Well, because they they switch the music. They go into like this mambo, like cocktail lounge music, and it's like, right. all I want to do is do it. And there's like this peppy upbeat uh, remix of it. No, oh, this guy is great. I fucking love this guy. No muscles. No muscles. No muscles. No. Hey, let's check out my mirror. Oh, look at my mirror. It sees monsters. Oh. <laughs> what a dressing down oh my god oh, no monsters now fuck off eh? wow that's like guys just stole the movie that was chris farley let's hear their accents because she's like yeah me all right so they're scheming they're gonna get like if they hang out with kevin perry they can get in tomorrow Right. Well, the first thing they're going to do is get all made up because she called, he called them monsters. So they're going right. to get, it's sad. they're trying to make themselves feel better because that guy was such an ass right to their face. And then later in the film, we see them doing the same routine. The same thing. He's pulling out the mirror. Oh, it's right here in his pocket. Right. right yeah. So, um, and just like you said, they saw that he's best mates with Eyeball Paul. So they're going to get in tomorrow if they get the boys. But it's weird. Like, they don't, they're, they really are 15-year-old girls, too, because they don't, like, hatch a plan or something. No. Oh, there's, like, a suitcase guy. The guy in the suitcase. Refresh my memory. So there's, they're going to get vomited on at mm. the club. And they're going to leave in disgrace and the music from platoon's going to play like this is like some kind of war crime and they're going to he's going to go boy shirtless guy boy guy yeah. in suitcase right 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 <laughs> there's a guy in the suitcase we just saw the guy in the suitcase dance so there's some president the guy with the suitcase he's inside the suitcase his he legs is? are sticking out of the suitcase it and was just these two legs and this... how could i have missed that okay. oh how could you miss this scene like yeah, that, yeah. First shock, that parents having sex scene. Now, yeah, but where's his head and where's her? Where's her groin? And wait, what? yes, it is crotch. Uh, okay, get ready. I think he has a boner in this one. No, he doesn't. But Perry would. Perry shows some discretion. Oh, he might have missed it. No, he shows some discretion. He, he touched his pants, but he didn't. Uh... Okay. Okay. Oh. That's pretty compromising if your mom's head is on your dad's lap. <laughs> because they were not doing it, Perry. Oh, this is just why Perry. Only done it once. Such an adolescent. Anyway, I guess we have to do it. 
We uh, want to have our son. Icky, but you're right. Turn out the lights. I'll hold my nose. Oh, and I think there's too much throwing up in this film, but you know. Well, that's the thing about this film is that it's this soundtrack kicks ass, and then the rest of the film's boners and just vomiting. <laughs> but it's all like it all lovingly. Now, get back to the whole thing about techno. Like sometimes he's pushing his down. They're overhearing. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's having sex. Enfield's wig's gonna fall off. He's gonna put his hand over his head with the pill, his the pillow over his head, and duck down. And as he does, his hat with a wig connected to the hat comes off. Insane. I just want to say techno. Like some of the blade scenes with techno is really dull. Like that music yeah. doesn't really translate sometimes. If your film's not run, roll them, run. Here it comes up. Oh, you did oh, see it came off. I did see it. Oh. What do I see now? Okay, so that's one, right? Right. So it's okay. so six. Six. Yeah, the parents are completely just broken down now. Yeah, matching uh, bathrobes. Right, and they're totally in love with each other, and it's involving sex, and they're saying, "Yo, gross and stuff." I think it's so funny because they're you know they go on this vacation with him. And uh, it's the best they, thing they've ever done. Right, right. Yeah. They have. So they were play, singing Wonderwall, and he goes, you've never even heard of Wonderwall. You're so old, or whatever. <laughs> oh, I like the Oasis. Never yeah, you heard of Oasis. Oh, here we go. Now, this guy is cool. This is yeah, an interesting yeah. movie. His His henchman is his driver. He's a lot more, you know, he has a lot more nuance than they, they kind of let on. Well, he absolutely feels, right, you don't notice it until, like he says, like, give him his tape back and stuff. Right, yeah, he, he shows some sympathy, yeah. When he reveals himself as a good guy, you're like, oh, yeah, because he did do this and he did do that. You're like, right, just drank some vodka. Okay, right through his eyeball. How did, how did the actor do that? I don't know. He must have really poured water onto his eyeball. I guess just water. Yeah. Now this actor, Bryce um, Hans. Uh huh. Well, you already said Notting Hill. Right. But right. Was... This time in two thousand, he was in the replacements, and there's in one scene he has to rush off quickly. Seriously, uh, they had to shoot it in one take. He had to get on a plane. He was oh, in the. Is this your YouTube version, or did they digitize those generals? <laughs> I don't know. I never it's really saw. Everything's so like pixelated anyway on YouTube. You know, we're trying to watch illegal movies on your on your service. It is pixelated, but I don't know. This show is not about right. It's about low quality and bad. Yeah, right. Well, their budget went, we're flying to Ibiza and we're going to show you scenes from a rave. Like, you want to go. Like, if honestly, I would have to spend my summer in the movie theater, is what I could afford. It's the mm -hmm. 15 quid to watch Perry and Kevin and Perry Gillards and fly over to Ibiza. Okay, now because he's a DJ, he gave them earplugs, right? Uh -huh. so, comedic joke here 
will be they have earplugs in so they don't understand that they're really loud to talk to each other and hear each other. So their conversation is being heard by the whole beach. And they're saying, let's pretend these girls don't exist and well, they'll like it. Right. They're talking and they're also saying things about the girls that are, you know, like borderline complimentary, but still it's like behind their back. Goes, this look is... at the tits on. Now everyone turns their heads. This is probably the most like typical scene you'll see in an American comedy like this. Like this, this joke is really funny with them yelling all this mm -hmm. terrible stuff. But no, they're going to pee, right? No one knows when you take a pee in the ocean. Right. Everyone pees in the ocean. Right. And he's saying, you have to, it's the law. <laughs> and it was a floater. Now, this is, I can't even watch this scene. I, I it's don't just a fake turd tied to the guy's back. It's Caddyshack's baby Ruth. It goes right in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it they had a, it's over. Thank you. Carl, come back. Come back. They're at the lighthouse. Yeah, I know. This movie, there's a little padding in this. Now they're sulking. And once again, we're getting their I'm in love, you know, ID Candace's boob or something stupid. But it's cute that they, all four of them kind of know each other and yeah. They're not they're not pursuing girls that don't know them. Okay, so this Reese Ifens, right? He was in Little Nicky. You remember that film? With yeah, that. right. Didn't okay. he play like the, the evil son or something? He plays Adrian, and I think he was, yeah. I forget. I, I did love that film. I don't know if I loved it, but I it's a I weird film. It. So yeah. definitely a weird film. Okay, but he was in the he was the father in my favorite film, such a great film called Mr. Nobody. Do you know it? With with Bob Odenkirk and the this bus stops and he gets the shit kicked out of him and then winds up he shit kicks the shit out of them and then he gets out he's like you can start your bus now. No, that's who are you? Nobody. That's nobody. Oh, Mister Nobody from the Fast and the Furious. He's Kurt Russell. Of course, I know him. He's like you gotta help me, Han. I want you to fake your death at the end of Tokyo Drift and then walk into our cave in the ninth movie. Help me. It's me, Mr. Nobody. Look, does that count as a boner? He was hiding it. Uh, yeah, you're right. I would count it. No, okay. I guess we have to see it. All right. So now we're going to get a great scene. A great scene. Oh, I'll get the sound ready. Let's, yeah, he's going to go, hello, ladies, with this, like, Oh, ladies. Nobody said, can you get us in the thing? Are you deaf? Yeah, we can get you in. Uh, right. Best mates with Eyeball Paul. Yeah, we know. We know, right. Done. They finish their drinks again and run off. Oh, but this is kind of cute. They're like, come on, you dumbasses. Come on, are you coming? They do that a couple of times. Right. Now they're like couples, items, even though it's they're not really... So now they tell them to wait there while they get ready. Yeah. They're not a and another, this, do you think this scene is necessary? Uh, no, I think it's disgusting and I'm not going to watch it now. I have watched it twice. I didn't watch it the One. third. Oh, my God. I think I saw it. Three. Uh, 
three, four, four zits popped, five zits popped. I wanted the mirror, six, seven. That was a surprise. Eight, okay. ooh, that was nine on top of the head. I'm not looking. Uh, uh, 12. 12. Oh. Now, now nails. Meanwhile, they should have a scene where the boys do nothing. Yeah, because they do. They're downstairs waiting four hours. Oh, right. So, wait, does the one from the belly button count? Because I think that wasn't a pimple, but it does squirt bus. Oh, my God. Is it over yet? Oh, no. I forgot about the belly one. Oh, no. Wait. Here goes the Brazilian. Now, those are, that's what you call a best friend. <laughs> no, I but you, isn't you the joke it's like from her back or something? I don't know if it's from the back or, or the legs. The legs. legs, yeah. Oh, they're still waiting. What I want to do is do it. Me too. Me too. Oh, I hate being wrong. Big up. Wrong. Is it big up or big cat? A uh, big girl it's in the song. In the internet's a big girl. Oh, I always thought it was like big up. You know, they have some catchphrases. He throws a fit pretty well. Come well, on. Apparently the um I'm not your slave is a yeah. catchphrase from the TV show. Oh, when he they ask him to get a job. Now he's doing the monsters thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. He's pulled out the mirror. Oh, hello, eyeball Paul. And then they just walk with him. Yeah. Now this looks great. I would love to be there. It's so funny. You talk about the credits at the end. It right. takes forever. Part of it is the joke is they have the the production crew on yes. the floor dancing, and they cut to like you know this is the director Ed By this is the guy who's the choreographer. Yeah, and That's, that was real shots of the crowd in the yeah. But it's like for, you can recognize the, the people in the crowd because they're like forty years. They're older. Also, do you like they must have got paid as extras to dance? They didn't go into a club, yeah. took the shot, and made a movie around it. No, they, they, they. I mean, actually, I don't know. The internet didn't tell me, but I mean, it's a real movie. They it's a real movie. That, but this is just like minutes of after minutes of just like you know, the soundtrack and them dancing. Now, does does Eyeball Paul plan this, or it just happens? The puking? No, it just. Uh, I never thought he planned it. Yeah, I mean, he embraces it and makes fun of them. Yeah, no, Paul I guess not. Surprised. There's the music again. Oh, come on, Carl. Oh, puke count. I haven't well, that done that. I, I, I can half watch because I know it's fake. I just know it's fake. Somehow the zits look very real. Or if that was an accurate depiction, like... It doesn't look like he, a guy would really puke that. And it sort of looks like milk got on him. Like you know? he goes, bye, guys. Guy dancing in suitcase. <laughs> bye, sweaty guy. It's just like a funny touch. Like this yeah. movie, just comedy-wise, just to add that in there is so funny. And then they get picked up. You know, like, it's interesting that the actress would dress up as a guy and then have a line where he goes, tranny somebody uh -huh. and then he meets the boyfriends of the girls that they meet right now yeah and he's like oh you're butt boys and they're like no we're gay lovers he goes oh sorry gay lovers i thought it was bum boy bum boys you're right i think it was bum boys it is england 
Ah, uh, this would be great with the music, right? Here, I have the music for you. Go ahead. Ich den Autobus, ich den... Oh, tell me why. Carl. We'll see the Germans again, I think. They're, they're here the whole week. They came to dance at Ibiza. Oh, guess who's doing it? Right, Kevin's parents are fucking right now. You can hear it. Yeah, that's right. Now you see the camera on the nightstand. Oh, here we go. Oh, that was totally a boner count. <laughs> that is seven. Wow, so the, no one's got killed, but we've seen seven boners, at least eight, eight vomiting, pop 12 pops this. Now, this won't count, right? Because it's the same. Is no, there a boner? No, his boner is down, so it would count. Anyway, now he gets the bright idea to go film them because he's a horny 15-year-old. Right, it's not his parents. His parents are nowhere in this movie. That's right. It's totally not his parents. Absolutely yeah. not. It's two. It's a guy and a girl. It's a Or is it's, it an interesting lizard? Well, that's what he says. Because uh, one thing Perry does is stupid is that he keeps the camera in his bag. They're right shagging. And they're saying, like, they're saying, like, catchy stuff. They're like, do it. All I want you to, to do is do it. <laughs> big up, big up, big girl. Whoa, whoa, is he, what's he, what is that? I don't see a boner, but he's whacking it. Is he whacking it in his sleep to his parents what? fucking? I don't know, because what's he doing with his hand? Yeah, I like, maybe that's it. No, but he's in pain. Like, I guess he's whacking it, though. Weird scene. Hard to Okay. Yeah. Now, this scene had to be in one take because Reese had to get on a plane to the or to do the replacements with Keanu Reeves. In oh, the football movie. Yeah. They like their scabs are the replacements. Now he was in Spider-Man No Way Home and another Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man as the lizard. Oh, so, so he was I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't shown up on Disney, but he was in the one where all the other old movie guys show up? I guess, yes. 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that's right. Multiverse villains all show up in one. All right. So he was, uh, I guess, a Garfield villain. He was Lizard. Yeah. Spider-Man is so great. It's like, I'm going to have to fight a lizard or a goblin or a gremlin. Oh, or... you mean he was Lizard, like just the voice of the lizard. It's true. But he was also Doc. Oh, he was the actor. Yeah. Kurt Connors. So, I'm just saying the the villains of Spider Man they're just like other animals, right? Look out for the rhino this week. Spider Man fights the rhino, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's saying I'm gonna, you know, I love your tape, but really, what he means is the porno tape, right? He won't let him do it. He's like, let me go in and bag and record it. Yeah, they're pretty gullible. <laughs> Look at them go. Did you, oh. Let's clean it up. Right, so this is just a rental they're living in right now. Like yeah. eyeball, eyeball in the eyeball. All right, oh yeah, there's the henchman. Hello, ladies. 
this great. is we'll play the tape now this is an important scene this guy was in harry potter and the deathly hollows he's uh i don't i don't know which one that is all right it's not well, the first one saying, he's he was in the kingsman last year he's yeah he's a serious actor in the united states oh wasn't he uh rasputin hey maybe i yeah. pull out all of his um i only pulled out the credits that i knew the oh, five engagement you haven't seen Kingsman yet? Oh, he's showing it like here we go. So now his henchman's gonna be like, just stop playing it. Yeah, give him the tape back. Boss. Yeah, right there. Give him the tape back. You're boss. a soft liver lily whatever. But that's the thing about this movie. There's like a really terrible scene, and then he shows himself as like the hero in this thing. Who? The henchman, the, the chauffeur. Yes, right, right, right. Okay. Oh, uh, now they're not friends. Because yeah. I mean, Perry has betrayed a trust. He filmed, he filmed Kevin's parents fucking, and that is. Yeah, he walks around and they're playing this horrible music while these bubbles uh, are being blown. A mime or something. Oh, topless, topless. Finally, he doesn't care. Perry he doesn't, doesn't care because he's hurt. He's hurt his friend. Oop, topless doesn't care. Doesn't even look. We don't have a boner count out of this scene because he doesn't care. This is like such a cute dog. He's so lucky to be an Ibiza and find a friendly dog. Right. All the Ibiza dogs I know. Yeah. Dick off. So this is a cute scene. Perry just meets a boy and he's just like, hey, can I help you with the sandcastle? Yeah. And he just plays with the kid. And then he's like complimenting the kid at the end. Like, yeah, he he built this castle. Now, it is not... Um, uh, Oh God! I forgot the name of the castle in the beginning. El Elsinore. Here, right? Dover Castle. Dover Castle. No, it's not. Okay. So this now... is a, such a real moment. Teenager crying on vacation, looking at like young people having friends. I don't have any friends. No, that was the girlfriends. That was the girlfriends. Oh, that was the girlfriends. Oh, all right. Yeah. So that's a small, small island. Yes. Well, it's so off of the coast of Spain, Maybe not the coast, it's in the Mediterranean. But there's a song by the Venga boys called We're Going to Ibiza, the Mediterranean Islands. But my wife and I always hear, We're going to eat pizza in <laughs> <laughs> the Mediterranean Islands. Now he's crying. Are, this is such a nice moment. This is like the over hyperventilating teenager, and the dad's like, Come on, old bead. Hey, how about if we take you out for a drink? Would you like that? We'll go to a cigar bar. Oh, all right. Come on but, now, darling. Now, she was really a theatrical actress at first, and then she switched to, like, TV. Which they have some of these sketches on TV. I watched a couple, and she's great in it. I thought it was the same father, but there you go. Yeah, she was Mrs. Patterson on the TV series Harry Enfield and Chums. Uh, and he was playing, yeah, Kevin's teenage mum. She was, okay, today she retired from acting in 2012, and she's an interior designer. She has an interior design company, Forbes Ricks Designs, with her business partner, Natalie Forbes. Love it. Good for her. So, all right, so he goes, uh, you guys are bub boys. They go, we're gay lovers. And I think it's funny that, like, you know, Perry is this, like, kind of, like, you know, a little homophobic 14-year-old. But played by a woman. So when he does like say these awful things, uh, 
it's the comedy is that it's played by a woman. I mean, how Shakespearean is something like that? You know, like it's just like now also no, uh, that's that's the half a show. Yeah, that counts. Oh, didn't he get a boner? He got a half a boner. He started. He covered it up. No, I guess he does have a boner. Go ahead, put put a full I'm one. I'm gonna put an asterisk in that. No, bottom. no, put a full one. Put a full yeah. one. No asterisk. No asterisk. We know what they look like. Uh, okay, now this is the scene in which we find out that you know she's Candace and his name. Her name is Gemma. Gemma. She Gemma. doesn't have much of a career, but we find she finds out that they like him, and they don't have boyfriends. And we're going clubbing tonight. And they complimented him, right? You're right. very creative with the castle. What did she say? You have an autistic eye or whatever. Right. He's all, what? Yeah. The world is wrong? Oh, yeah. yeah right. So here he goes. Eyeball Paul will tell him, yeah, I like your tape. I'm going to play it tonight. I'm going to put it in my set. Why don't you guys come? I'll give you a lift. So he's armed with, Perry's armed with great things to tell Kevin now. Take him right. out of his phone. But Kevin doesn't want to talk to him because Kevin betrayed, no, Percy betrayed Kevin. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Ibiza and have like a little mobile, like get an Airbnb. See the two fingers? Yeah, I know. Okay, so it's really funny to me how if he did the, the middle finger, you and I would have an emotional reaction and we just go, whoa, he flipped up the bird, right? But because it's England and he goes like this, like it's a reverse peace sign. We know it's bad, but we didn't grow up with a. There's no. But it's, it's, it's interesting this film because he's used his hands to say "fuck off" before, right. and also like he's kind of uses fingers to try to. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's another great scene with the uh, sh the the chauffeur, the henchman. The chauffeur, the henchman. He just becomes the hero of this movie. Right. This he movie is like a about... battle on the boys' laps. About these parents who take their spoiled kid to Ibiza and discover fucking. Now look at this. Kevin concedes, like does a like shake, <laughs> and he's like, "Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you." Yeah, look, Kevin's trying to hold a grudge. He can't. Right, he can't. But he's also dressed up nicely for this dinner with his parents. Right, and is it nice? It's horrible. That tie just does not go. Bamboo and a tie. You right. put a tie on, yeah. You don't wear that kind of shirt if you're going out in a tie. You wear a plain color shirt or a pattern. So oh. anyway, now he's delivering all the great news. Oh, yeah. No, she asked about you. She said, "Is you, are you well? They were, they didn't, they felt embarrassed for us. We got spuked on. It's so cute when they realize that, like, they, they, they all like each other. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, but they're, you know, they're kind of having the same problems as Kevin and Perry. Are. Right. All right, so best friends. And the same with the parents, too. Like, this movie's about the parents. It's a well-written story. Yeah. Now it was Harry Enfield who co-wrote it with a guy named Dave Cummings. He's a writer producer, but he wrote a lot of the episodes of Harry Enfield and Chums, and he wrote this. And there was something called Spine Chillers in 2003. I don't know, but he was a member of the Scottish rock band. They were in Woodstock '94. Oh right. Now that's something about Reese Reese I fans. 
he was also in this this um, Welsh rock band called Super Furry Animals. I know Super Furry Animals. I didn't know that. Well, weird before they got famous, he was the lead singer. I didn't even know he was the lead singer. I I, I know the music. Now, oh, this is so great. He, this is like such a parent moment, right? You fucking screw up kids. Like, no, I'm, I, I promised I would do this, but I would rather go. This is the biggest opportunity. And you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself and screw you, dad. And the dad's yeah. going to do like some kind of authority thing. He's like, well, pick up the tie. And he's like, what? I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Slave. No way. I'm not your slave. The parents, he's horrible. Yeah, but he's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't care. They're going to be fucking in 20 minutes. All right. going to tell you oh yes yes super furry animals right yeah. so the the henchman's gonna slam on the brakes and he goes well what was that for he goes oh there's a cute puppy running across the road should have killed him he goes no we don't kill cute puppies and he goes no we like all furry animals oh so that's a reference to super furry animals yes i yeah, like this actor he was such a prick in this. He's so funny in this because it's a stupid premise. It really is. Like, if a lesser actor would not be able to sell Eyeball Paul. Right. You know. Look, here's your yeah. on a white label. Yeah, right, which is like a, a limited pressing. It's kind of bullshit that he doesn't at least work. Yeah, right. He's he's on vi he's got a gig in on an island and he's at a hotel, but yet he can press a record. Well, I guess the DJs can. I mean, if you're going to premiere, you want to get the white label anyway. So he has like a portable machine? Probably. They probably uh, have a record. I mean, there must be an industry of white labels. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is another. Now they really impress the girls when they show up in a limo. <laughs> it's so funny how old those guys are. Look at the bras hanging up. Oh, no, those aren't bras. They're bathing suits. So it's very funny how like Perry tries to hold the record just to feel it too, That's just like Kevin is, and Kevin doesn't let him. They're trying to impress the girls by just holding this white press, white label. Whoop. You're oh gonna yeah, tonight, aren't you? Now he does the most offensive thing ever. Yeah, here it is. I'm not giving that to you. But he goes, you're talking about the white label's not helping. And then, yeah, he's the most offensive thing. Yeah, he's going to touch their pussies. Right, he licks his fingers and oh, both in unison. What an asshole. Look at that. Well, who's going to stop him? This is gross. This is not the movie I signed up for. Ooh. Benchman to the rescue. Cho wonder chauffeur. Wonder yeah, chauffeur. Up on their laps. Right, he gets his face squished. Girls land on their lap. Now she goes, may I sit on your knee? And I don't know if that's a joke because he has a boner. It has to be a boner joke. We just sat through a minute of it. Oh, sorry about that, boss. It was a, a puppy. dog, right, furry puppy. And furry that, puppy. Kevin says it right now. We love no, all furry animals. Yeah, I mean, this is like a... a I don't think an American movie would do that, or a movie would do that. Whoa, there we go. See, they written, yeah, they, and they like, smile. You counted those two, two boners. So that we did four. That's ten boners because we're not doing an asterisk. 
right. ten boners. He got a boner in that scene. He just covered it up. Now, mom and dad went to dinner alone <clears throat> because Kevin went, no, you're impossible. So now they see amnesia and they see their kid. So they're like, let's go in there and have some fun. Because the island is like two feet, to, two, two feet by two feet. Right? It seems like, like it. Everywhere yeah. you're bumping into everyone else. But they charge the old people. Well, they, yeah, they, they, he'll complain like it's highway robbery. He goes, no senior citizens discounts in whatever English yeah. they speak. Right, here we go. You yeah, can see me. I was an extra. Yeah. This is where this movie just kind of falls apart, right? Like they just play in the songs and here's the DJ. I, you know, like if you can't accept this premise, then you're not going to like this movie. Right. Now, this is something I just, it was delusional, or maybe he was saying it sarcastically. Harry Enfield said in an interview on TV, Kevin and Perry Go Large is possibly the best film ever made. Come on, man. Best soundtrack? I mean, honestly, like, I could listen to the soundtrack or I could watch the movie. It's the same this experience. This guy is a television guy, and he did, like, a Saturday Night Live Pat sketch and put it into a movie, and he wants to tell us it's possibly the best movie of all time. Was he being sarcastic? I don't know. I mean, with all due respect to, to everyone involved in Wayne's World, this seems like a stiff competitor. Stiff competitor. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. With 10 boners on our count thus far, you're right. Okay, it's their big moment. All I want to do is do it, is what they're going to hear. I haven't seen 10 boners since the Hustler movie review guide. That's the real club. Right, everyone's happy. And then yeah, the parents are proud. Yeah. Real club, yeah. real club. Well, they're all extras dancing to the song. Real club, right? Stage. Right. The DJ booth is a sound stage. Because well, you can see. He gets angry, the uh, eyeball Paul, because he sees yeah. that his song is kicking it. But now he's playing the fucking. You can hear that in the back. Right. What he's trying to do is embarrass the kids for his own personal amusement. Not only did he press the white label, but he was able to edit the video and get it onto his sound system. Very believable. And they get turned on by this, ultimately. Yeah, you're right. In the end, it's like, well, it's it's after Eyeball Paul gets his. Right. And and now they're with it, yeah. So Oh now here's their they're, they're saying their biggest teenage confessions. Right. The girls are listening. And they're on the edge of their seats if the girls are gonna hate them. But then what's what's Candy say? She said my name, I'm famous. Right. Ooh. We love right. And then Eyeball Paul realizes it's not working out. It's right. Not He's not mentioned. getting embarrassed at all. It, the crowd it, loves this. It's as if they planned the sex mix. Uh, turn it off. Enough of that. that everyone's like, whoa, fuck, thumbs down. He goes, okay. it's like getting exposed. Um, yeah. He's now he's just being nasty. There was that Andy Griffin movie in which he got exposed on the face, air. face in the crowd. This yeah. is his face in the crowd moment. All right, here we go. Here's Chris yeah, Farley to the right. rescue. 
henchman's the hero. He didn't yeah. sound and he <laughs> What a great fired. scene. You can see him falling into the crowd. Play the music, or I don't know what they're... You've seen this movie four times. What are they chanting? I don't know. I know it's in... in Go ahead. Go ahead. Pull it. You're right. Then they drop pull the beat. It. And then they drop it, and then boom. And that's the end of this movie. Yeah, and, and they're they, not... I think they should have said big girl, big girl here, and they don't. Well, they wanted the music back because he got so angry that this song was actually a hit. Like, But like I'm saying was... their big hit really at home was all I want to do is do it. Now, here is hand to boob touching, like serious hand to boob touching. Well, I think they did. I mean, they must have been. That's part of the joke. They're 14-year-old kids. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And they're adults, too. They're not actually 14-year-olds. Hand to butt touching on hand to, butt. Oh, hand yeah, to yeah, boob yeah. touching. See, I think the parents enjoyed it. Well, they're embarrassed. Look at them. Yeah, they still did it. They still do but it. They're do not it. having sex right now. Oh, I thought they just like fucked off the idea of like that rush. No, you maybe you're right. You mean like they were okay? So now they both lost their virginity. We learn. Yeah, <laughs> it's a beach of shagging. And Ibiza, so it's a. Uh... And Candace admits she was a virgin too, but it's all done well, you know. I have to say, like, my favorite line is when they do break up and he goes, you're not my mate and you're not my fellow DJ. Right. Right now, he's like, was that you shagging on the thing? He's bragging. He's like, yeah. He goes, who's the bird? Me, mom. <laughs> oh, I look like this. Are they doing it right now? I don't yeah. think so. You mean, like, is he penetrating yeah, her? Like, yeah. Maybe, but they could they're in a sexual position. I think yes. <laughs> they're both attempting yeah, to have sex. But look, the whole beat the whole beats, it's like that's what you do at Ibiza, you go out to the beach you have sex. But they're sort of just dry humping, right? Nobody's well, maybe they have. BBC has high professional standards. To make oh, sure that their pants are down. Now look, a beach full of humpers. BBC high standards. This is a movie, not a TV. Yeah, it's a little pixelated for me. Have you YouTube? Hey, I hope we don't get this movie pulled from YouTube, Carl. I, I know you movie. hope that it's a big. It's a big concern. Okay, here we are. We're back at the bookstore. They would be in. So and they the got henchmen. Is there henchmen? He works for their head. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Right. It's Pear E. It's he goes. Uh, I shagged him before he was famous. And then better men <laughs> sex. The parents have their own. Mister. Mrs. Patterson. You're impossible. There he is. There he is. Ed. Bye. Bye, Ed. All this man's room, but I think Ed by worked on uh Red Dwarf, that's where my recognizes me. He did, and I'm a big fan of Red Dwarf, of course. He, he did absolute uh, an episode of nine episodes of absolutely. Oh, no, look, look, the future of uh eyeball of Paul. His that's eyeball it. fell into the oh, drink right. during this that's... super sad DJ. I never got that before. Now we see the BJ, right? <laughs> Which is historically accurate. Oh yeah, he's saying, you know, my fellow DJ. I mean, it's an outtake, right? He, yeah. Yeah. 
Can I have you for a can I have a ham jam sandwich? I thought it was ham sandwiches all the time. <laughs> right. So now the music just keeps going. But it's also that that like kind of crazy mashup they do with this one. What put it on, put it on. I don't know if it's like... backwards puking. Oh, here you go. Oh, does that count? Do we add that to the count? You put it on for two seconds. Oh, does that count? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's wait. It is. That's a different shot, right? That I guess uh, we saw it in the movie. And then I'm gonna have Did to add the four. It? Yeah. And then I guess it's 16 for the zip count because they they reshow four of them, two being at the same time, ministered right, at the same so time. The legit boner count is 10. 10 times do we get the joke during the movie? Yeah, I mean, this guy, like, just to play a teenager, most of them, it's a teenage boy, it's just so funny. She's yeah. great in this movie. Yeah. I'll watch anything with her. And he's great in this movie. They're all great in this film. Yep, yep. This film Carl. is a good film. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the end credits, Carl, this movie, and we're still There's watching Lydia. it. But what do you think of this movie? I enjoyed this movie very much. It was a good film. Yeah, I agree. I think this is, like, the, the greatest soundtrack I, I've heard on a movie. It's just every song's a banger. Every song is great. And this idea of, of playing adolescence up as an adult, which is, you can see this Paul Whitehouse, <laughs> uh, which you see in Pen15, it's just a great concept. And these guys pull it off in every awkward, awful way, the toxic way boys act. <laughs> the fact to have these, you know, I guess technically old, even though they're in their 30s. Right. Uh, man and woman play the boys. It's just so funny. And then, of course, you got the rave culture. Like, this is my ticket to go to Ibiza. I'm never going <laughs> to. And this is like when it was like the 2000. Yeah, this was 2000. Shot and released in 2000. So it was exactly the right time. So I would have to go during Goldie Oldie Night, right? Where they're like, we're playing the hits for 2000. Late 90s, rave was born, but it did not die like until 2004. Well, different things. There you go, man. A suitcase, shugs, <laughs> shugs. Yeah, good old shugs. Wow, they're still dancing. Well, Carl, uh, let's while that while this music plays, and I do recommend just going to YouTube and finding the soundtrack and listening to that. Uh, and just just some amazing stuff. Maybe here, let me take a listen. See, it was like kind of a, a different tune. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it. Yeah, it went yap yap. All right, well, Carl, next week's movie, I haven't even told you this. I'm really excited about it. I know nothing of it other than it is called The Christian Licorice Store. Sorry, I had a burp in between the title. The For three words. I was all excited. I thought we were going to say The Christian. The Christian Licorice Store. And by licorice store, I don't mean licorice pizza, the record store in the San Bernardino Valley during the 1970s. I'm talking about a Maud Adams, Bew Bridges. Uh, Bo Bridges? Bo Bridges. What, yeah, what did I say? I said Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, you're right. Bo Bridges, Maud Adams star. Uh, he is a celebrity athlete who's now in Los Angeles. Questioning, why am I in LA, man? And it's like from the early 70s. So we could keep the rave going or we can go to the trailer for this film. The Christian Licorice Store. 1971, I believe. Wow, this is such a great movie. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Like, I want to play the soundtrack. The Christian Licorice Store. 
Is there a trailer, Carl? I'm looking. I'm still playing the credits. You're, in case you're right. It's 1971. Uh, there is no. There's no. It's an hour twenty-two. <laughs> Here's a minute thirty. It's Tim Buckley. Looks like he's playing a guitar. Oh, well, says so the song. Well, it's an interesting cast, and it is a. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a an, a curio from a time period long ago. Now, as we leave the rave scene from the <laughs> two thousand, as we leave, here we go. Big girl. <laughs> Performed by the precocious brass featuring Kevin and Perry, Big Girl the Yamada Mix. Uh, I'm in a mood for love, Sweet Harry, performed by Nightmare, Nightmare on Wax, uh, Sunburst, Big Girl the Shaft Remix, Straight yeah. to Hell by The Clash. It's a great song. It's a little on the nose. There you go, Fat Boy Never Slim. Sure, but a great song. Lang, Follow Me. God, that song's great. Oscar, the King of Snake, King of Snake, King of Snake, King of Snake. Right, I remember that. And it was Fatboy Slim remix, Underworld. Uh, wow, Paul Oakenfield mm -hmm. and Andy Gray. Oh yeah, Tracks. That's their song. Wonderwall is credited. They didn't Look at they sang it. I uh, released the bats. Look of Love, and it wasn't. It was written by Burt Backrack. You could there but it wasn't sung by dusty springfield that's the good one. Oh right well they just needed a couple minutes of it and get right. it out of, you know it probably cost them less money i don't and, know if it's on the soundtrack either i know all these songs are on it virgin virgin you right virgin go to virgin megastore and buy it fly over to virgin megason we want to thank virgin sun limited virgin megastore limited and then with the thanks of you space out people we met at Ibiza. Ibiza, Ibiza. Don't, don't cry for me. For me. Ibiza. Ibiza. What do you like on your Ibiza? I get um, anchovies, which a lot of people do not like. Yeah, not a lot of people like anchovies on their Ibiza. Yeah. I'm well, good for them right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our show. We hope you enjoyed Kevin and Perry Go Large as much as we did. We hope you enjoy it again on YouTube, and we hope it stays on YouTube. And we also uh, want you to get ready for the Christian Licorice Store. Again, not the Christian, not Liquid Pizza, Licorice Pizza, the Liquid Christian Store. The, uh, Christian, the Christian Licorice Store. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our acronym. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast. Listen to us every Sunday on Muni Radio. Listen to the show before us, what's really happening. And yeah. donate to Muni Radio. There's three great ways you can do it. You can go to Venmo at Muni Radio. You can go to the Patreon page. And then you can also go to MutinyRadio.fm. They'll have the most current donate button, as well as the fundraiser, as we try to approach ten grand by June 2022. Okay. So... Go get your details on our website, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman.
Toodles! You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Good evening, my name's Gladys. Uh, I'm gonna try to be a little bit funny. Not so hard to remember how. Uh, I moved to a different city recently, and you know, when you do something like that, it can be so hard to meet new people. But boy, it's easy to meet old people. They are eager to talk. Right, right on the bus. That's how I met my grandpa, actually. Uh, during COVID, been up to a lot of writing. Get a lot of writing done. I wrote a prequel to Jaws. <laughs> called No Sharks Here, <laughs> Shark Free Town. I wrote a prequel to The Exorcist called This Girl's Fine. Normal and shit. <laughs> I was in line at the bank with my boyfriend. He pointed at some of the tellers. He said, hey, marry, fuck, kill. And I said, uh, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> so I come, I come from one of those big southern families in the south, uh, the deep south, let me tell you. One of those places where they think that like Sprite is good for you because it's clear. <laughs> and they reuse the name Chris a lot in my family. We got like four Chris's. We got little Chris. We got my cousin, big Chris. We have my brother, city Chris. <laughs> and even though my brother is both taller than big Chris and has a lower BMI than little Chris, they call him city Chris because he got caught reading a book in a duck blind. <laughs> and he never, never lived it down. Hey, a lot of people these days into polyamory. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about that life. Uh, I do know, from what I've observed, uh, if you're going to open up your relationship, if you're going to have like an open marriage, it seems like it's going to be a lot like opening up a good bottle of red wine. In that once you do it, once you open it, uh, it's going to last about five days. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm joking. But seriously, they can be so sanctimonious about it. They really believe that it's like, not just falling in love with a bunch of people, it's a better way to live. I feel like sometimes they're saying to me, uh, hey, you know, I can have my cake and I can eat it too. And they're also saying, you know, cake eating, it's one of the highest virtues. And I'm a little more enlightened than you because of all the cake that I ate. I also hear them saying to me, hey, can I spend the night at your house? Because they are all mad at me. I, I can't go back to that apartment. I got the cake all over me. Now I need to take a shower. Uh, so I was at the library recently. I saw a sign for adult coloring time. You know about this? You know the coloring's not just for little kids and people that got hit really hard in the head, right? These days it's for adults to do right out in the open. And this sign, this sign of the library, here's what it said verbatim. It said, adult coloring time. Join us from 1 to 3 p.m. in the upstairs reading room. Or just stop by for however long you like. And that last part really tripped me out. Because, like, of all the things about adult coloring time, yeah, I know I can leave when I want to. Oh, this isn't the one where you lock the doors. This isn't the one where I have to keep going after my hand cramps up. Yeah, I know. Basically, most signs have that little subtext after it that you, you don't need. You know, like... They don't need to put class meets three times a week. Or never, if that's what you want. 
Just don't show up. This is a fire exit. Or just stay in the fire, bro. It's your life burned to death. The hallway of this Ramada Inn. Howdy, folks. This is Finch bringing you another episode of Always Free Radio, the podcast and internet streaming radio show that is by, for, and about people that like to participate in rainbow gatherings. This show is brought to you on Mutiny Radio, and you can listen to it every week live on the internet on Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. San Francisco time, that's Pacific time, on mutinyradio.fm. And if you missed the live show, you can also listen to it by downloading it as a podcast uh, by looking for the podcast called Always Free. That's A-L-L-W-A-Y-S-F-R-E-E. It's all one word. You can look for it on wherever you get your podcasts, whatever your provider is. The the stand-up comedy that you just heard uh, was brought to you by Gladys uh, Emily Downing, and it was performed at the Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering this last summer uh, in 2021. Um, Unfortunately, Gladys tragically lost her life a week ago on Tuesday, and... The entire community is reeling from this loss. Um, She was an absolute titan, uh, a rainbow superstar. And she was also a stand-up comedian. So we are dedicating this episode to Gladys. And next part of the uh, show that you will hear is her full 30-minute stand-up act uh, at the same Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering. Uh, Gladys is survived by her twin babies, Gertrude and Elmer, who are going to be raised by their father now, and hopefully with a little bit of help from all of us. Um, We also suffered another tragic loss this week. John Buffalo, uh, passed away on Monday, May the 2nd, and John was one of our most longtime and most dedicated family. He did Shantasina for decades, and he, he participated in every part of Rainbow, and he will, he will be missed very, very much. Uh, finally, after, uh, after we listen to this next stand-up set, uh, there has been a flurry of rainbow gathering related news uh, in the media recently. Colorado has figured out that the 50th anniversary rainbow gathering will be coming their way, and the newspapers are all trying to guess where it'll be, how many people are coming, what the impact will be, and all of us are watching and trying to see how many times the headline will say that we are descending on some mountain town or another. Uh, So enjoy the current event and news download, but first we hope you will enjoy a few laughs with our favorite rainbow stand-up comedian. We love you, Gladys. This episode's for you. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, good evening. First of all, you guys, thank you so much for letting me. 
practice. Oh my god, it's been like a year, so uh, don't don't expect much. But but this is a golden opportunity for me, and I'm so grateful. Um, also, I used up all my short jokes the other night, so let's let's just get into it. Uh, my name's Gladys. I did move to New England for the winter time. Uh, I know that's kind of unusual. I know a lot of people up here don't appreciate it. I hear I hear them all the time. They fantasize about moving to Florida or Arizona or California, and they don't even know. I, I mean, I, I can tell what they're thinking. They're like, oh, I'm going to wear flip-flops all the time. I can lick a metal pole all year round. Uh, I'm going to wear a straw hat like in the Jason Mraz videos. But, man, it's it that kind of thing can turn out with the darkness because okay basically when we don't share an objective reality that is the weather can kill you for half the year hippies start thinking all the ideas in their head are right it's terrifying just any idea that pops into their stupid little dreadlock head could be correct you know stuff like vaccines cause autism i should wear a more whimsical hat uh, you know what i should do start a start a chapstick company with <laughs> that's what I should do with my entire life. Basically, I'm saying that you need the harsh winter time to press your hippies down. And <laughs> you get out there, it starts getting kind of spooky. I mean, up in Vermont, it's great. Even our rednecks, like, you know, your eighth generation Vermonter, they're they're pretty they're pretty good. A, they've been to another country, they've been to Canada. B you know, they just got that out of the gene pool a long time ago. If you couldn't hang out at a party three hundred years ago you had to go outside it's negative 30 and that's that's the end of you you know out west somebody can't behave they go outside they're just outside right outside like right fogging up the windows right out there you're like oh people don't know so much i'm just gonna walk out of this party and stand police so I, I moved to new england from the deep south um south it's, it's been in the news lately for rising again and, you know, we had a lot of problems out there growing up. I mean, I'll get into, you know, crystal meth. It, it ravages communities. People are always so down on meth heads. But, you know, there's some upsides. There's some upsides. For one thing, meth heads, man, they'll make you super nostalgic for crackheads. <laughs> and, how, and how they just want more crack and you can predict all their actions based on that the thing with meth is oh man it makes you super crazy it costs almost nothing like you can do three days a week at burger king and pay for your meth habit so what you have what you have is a lot of crazy people walking around very quickly obviously a lot of time on their hands to work on their bespoke insanity it'll be stories like oh my, my neighbor's stealing my spark plugs but you know it's so we can build a time machine so we can go back in and break Avril Lavigne's nose, and somehow that's going to end the designated hitter rule. So, you know, it's for a good cause. I'm not mad. Or, like, you'll be in an alley, and some dude will come up, and you think he's going to rob you or whatever, but he just wants you to sign a contract he made about not taking your shoelaces to the strip club. <laughs> so, that's fine. That's fun. Uh, I had two kids recently, so they tell me. Uh, <laughs> I know that shit's been hard because I didn't even have that thing in high school where they give you like a fake baby that you can take care of. Did that happen at anybody's high school? In real life? Did, what, what kind of baby was it? What the fuck? I thought because they had, I thought it was going to be an egg like in Saved by the Bell because now they have a, mechanic, a sack of flour. That's not realistic at all. You can't, you can take a baby to a fish fry. 
Like, sack of flour. Watch out. Man, weird. No, I mean, the whole point of that assignment is they wanted you to fail, right? They want you to have the baby, and you see how much it sucks to be a teen mom, and then you don't want to be a teen mom. But then, like, if you do pass the assignment, are you good to go? Are you good to be one now? Like, like when Mothers Against Drunk Driving comes to your school fair, and they have those goggles you put on that makes you drunk, and then you drive with them, but then if you do a good job driving, they give you a laminated card that says you're allowed to drive drunk now. Because you did it. Or like when the D.A.R.E. officer comes to your school and he's got all those little samples of drugs in a plastic case and then he lets you do some of the blow and you're, you're so good at doing it. You're so good at doing it. You, do, you say all the stuff that people in cocaine are supposed to say to each other. Like, like, oh, your idea for a restaurant sounds incredible. I just, I think it's important to be honest with children about where restaurants come from. I think you gotta sit them down on the edge of the bed and look right in their eyes and just say, when two men named Philip and Dana love themselves very, very much, they have a restaurant concept together. And that's where they come from. People these days, a lot of people these days, they want comedians to be like more than comedians. They want to be like, you know, preachers or motivational speakers. They want to ask, you know, ask the important questions in life. So I'll, I'll try. Can anybody name all the members of Limp Biscuit? Any of them? You guys, you guys know at least one, right? Right. It would be Fred, it would be Fred Durst. And then some people, I guess some people also know about the spooky bass, uh, the, the spooky bass player. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, did you know that wasn't a puppet? That was a real dude. Just wearing contacts. But, yeah, Fred Durst is the only one anybody ever knew. And that would be really good to be Fred Durst in the 90s. Cause it's like, you know, you're getting the good restaurant tables. You're getting all the barred out groupies. Um, you would want to be him, not the drummer, because it's like nobody knows who the drummer is. But then if you go fast forward to today, you'd way rather be the drummer because you're getting those residual checks, but nobody knows you're in <laughs> Nobody but you. Not like Fred Durst, who has who has two hundred and ten million dollars. I looked that up. He's a rich man, but he can't enjoy it because uh, he's trapped inside the body of Fred Durst. Like even if you rent out the entire go kart pavilion, like there's still you know the two employees are still laughing because it's Fred Durst there. That's hilarious. I'm I'm just saying he lives in a prison made out of Fred Durst. <laughs> and so you can't even enjoy the riches. Now, wasn't it crazy how Linkin Park made all those songs about dudes having emotions, but they had to use super tough action verbs so they'd accept it? Like, dudes are always, and people in the songs, are they're crawling and falling and ripping and tearing. Like, we get it. You're feeling stuff. You're feeling stuff. Okay. Uh, is it's, I feel pretty boring when white people talk about their heritage, right? When someone's trapped you in a conversation and they're telling you about how there's Scotch, German, Irish on their mom's side, and they're Dutch, Irish, Scotch on their dad's side, so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't think people, Caucasians, should uh, get to have heritage like that. There's, there's usually, I mean, Irish is definitely going to be in there. The Irish are super proud of being Irish all the time. So many parades. But then I guess, you know, there was how they used to be slaves, and people considered them like less than humans. 
not even white, like a subspecies. We should get back to that. We should bring that was that was tight, in my opinion. Ugh, knock him down. I know you were. Um, and so people here listen to NPR. Bet I bet you've heard stuff about like the Call of the Abyss. Have I ever heard of that phrase before? What's the name for that feeling that you get when you're on like top of, like like when you're on top of a building and you think about you think about falling off when you think about the worst possible thing that could happen. Like you're driving and you think about just breaking the wheel. Not that you're gonna do it. You're not suicidal. You're thinking about you know what would happen if I went down that road. I've I've been having a lot of conversational anxiety lately when I'm talking to folks. I just it's it's fucking with my enjoyment of life. Okay, the, the the real example, like the real life example of this, I was hanging out with my friends the other day, and uh, there was a story on the news about some Scientologists from Turkey that were handing out pamphlets, and uh, they were charged with this political crime of they were called like inciting fear, inciting fear on the street. This was a story about Scientology. Of course, they have a picture of Tom Cruise up there. It's just like a random red pic, uh, red uh, red carpet picture of Tom Cruise doing that cheesy Tom Cruise grin he does, where he's like, like that one. And I stood up and went over the TV, like pointed at his, his fucked up big front teeth, and I was like, hey guys, more like incising fear, am I right? <laughs> Which caused a mild titter. It's not a good joke. It caused a mild titter of laughter, but I couldn't even enjoy that little tiny moment of pleasure, bringing other people laughter, because immediately I was thinking, and you know what would make things really upsetting and awkward? Just said that again. Just said the punchline again. Or like incising fear, right? For a second time. But then that would probably, it'd probably work out because people would think you were just excited about your joke landing and were like saying it one more time. They'd give you a little, a little credit. But then, man, if you said it a third time, <laughs> you're like, hey, guys, more like incising fear, am I right? Ha, ha, ha. More like incising fear, am I right? More like incising fear, am I right? That third time, like, people are going to frown a little bit and furrow their brows, and they're probably not going to say anything. They might shoot each other a glance. What if you said it a fourth time? <laughs> what if you said it four times? Oh, fuck. Now this is like the worst part of everyone's day. <laughs> they feel so uncomfortable. They're fucking hating it. They're hating it. Oh, geez. They're like looking around. And then you get into like five, six, seven. People are looking at the table. They might try to physically leave the room. There's like more like incising fear, right? More like incising fear. And then you go into like eight, nine, ten times. They have to look at you because what if you stab them? They don't want to get stabbed. Oh. And then it's like, how many times can you say the same thing in a row before they like call somebody? Before like they get a straight jacket for you and put it on you or like just get on the phone about it. I mean, I, not out here though, Fuck, not right here. You could say something 500,000 times and you just be like, oh, that's more like incising fear marks. He just, he's like that, we love him, he's great. Uh, okay, so here's, here's, a, here's a thing that's hard to do in audiences of normal people that would be easier out here. Like, stuff about traveling, it's hard to explain the lifestyle to people. It's hard to explain a lifestyle where it's like, I would spend a lot of time doing stuff in front of signs. 
that were telling me exactly not to do that. Like the sign says, no soliciting. And I'm hardcore all day <laughs> getting getting that cash. Or a sign that says, you know, dogs must leave. My dog's never on a leash. I would never. Come on, forget about it. Uh, and then, you know, eventually a security guard will come up to you and they'll like jerk their thumb back at the sign, you know, tell you you got to get out of here. Sometimes, sometimes they would point to the sign and be like, hey, can't you read? And when I had that opportunity, I would always say, no. <laughs> and that would usually, they'd just give me a weird look, but then sometimes, oh my God, sometimes they would be like, why? <laughs> and then, then you got a real sandbox to play in. That's so good. You can say, you know, I'm always going to say something, I'm always going to say something real, like something that's going on in someone's real life, like, oh, I was actually, like, in a cult until I ran away at age 21, and they never taught us how to read, and we didn't really go much past the third grade or whatever. Help me get my documents, like the social security cards. <laughs> or, like, ask them, you know, or, like, some frozen airplane waste. It fell out and hit me on the head, and ever since then, I can't read. And... And the hope is that he like goes home to his family that night and he tells them of this fantastical tale of this of this person that he met and their story and then they all think about people whose lives are different from theirs and might not have the same opportunities and they they you know have a better understanding, more empathy. Or there's also the possibility that he says to me, Hey, my sister's the only person who's been hit by frozen airplane poop in this hemisphere since nineteen seventy four. And then now I learned something. I'm the one that learned the lesson. And I'd like that too. <laughs> and being out, being out there sometimes, you know, you're out there for years and stuff. Sometimes the compass gets a little spun. You start wondering if you're doing the right thing. I would. I mean, I was having a great time out there, but just driving all over America, I'd wonder myself, is it right doing this? Should I be out here doing all these drugs, having depraved sex with strangers? Um, is it the best use of my talents and time, limited though they may be? When I was having one of these moments of, you know, sort of like existential crisis, um, I'm so glad that I got behind an edible arrangement truck. Because once I saw that truck and that papyrus font, uh, <clears throat> I knew that, like, I just remembered edible, arrangement, uh, edible arrangements and what it is, <laughs> that there's like a whole building where, where people have to show up to they can cut up pineapples and put wooden dowels in them. That they're using fossil fuels to like haul it all over America to like I guess people that work at the bank. I don't know <laughs> who orders edible arrangements, but like it's an entire company that people work for and you know kind of harming the environment with their activities. I'm fine, you know. If that's going on, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm not. I'm not the person that stuck a wooden dowel in a cookie. And uh, took that to the bank to get a loan about it. Everything I do is so. You guys, speaking of not being able to read, you guys have probably heard of dyslexia before, right? They they told me when I was little I had an opposite condition called hyperlexia. I don't know how true that is, but I could definitely read before I could talk or before I was you know like three, and, and uh, can still read pretty fast. And uh, growing up, you'd, you'd think that would be a you know, boon that would get you ahead in life, but also it didn't really come with like a expanded you know, maturity or consciousness or intellectual ability. I could just read the words really fast. 
my parents wouldn't take me to the library. They would just take me to, like, the grocery store, where they would buy me every seat in uh, in print. And, man, when I was six, I read Cujo because it had a doggy on the cover. <laughs> and you guys, in the book Cujo, a guy breaks into his girlfriend's apartment, smashes every single thing that she owns, ejaculates on her bedspread, and then leaves. And at the time, that was distressing to me. Because, you know, I mean, first of all, I didn't want all my unicorn figurines smashed, but also the semen part, that was, that was hard for me to deal with. Because, like, I knew Salem's Lot wasn't real, and that, like, uh, you know, Pet Cemetery was a made-up story, but I, I was already pretty aware that semen was hella real, like, as a concept, and around me all the time. And I just, I just didn't know, that, is that how adults treated? other is this what dating was gonna be like <laughs> is this what i have to get ready for but it didn't even matter because like now if i came home now and found a puddle of semen on my bedspread y'all not even washing that for like four days <laughs> i'm just kicking it to the bottom of the bed <laughs> who cares who cares uh oh man child actors why are why are we still why are we still having them like, I'm not the best parent, but I know more than to ever let that happen to my kid. What a bizarre-ass life. It's the only profession, too, that we allow kids to do if they want to. It's not like anyone's like, oh, our son, our, you know, Mur Murphy just loves oil fracking. So, so we did quit our jobs and moved to North Dakota just to, just to give him a push. See if it works out for him. As long as he's enjoying it, though. No one, even if you're like, even if your first grader is a math whiz, no one's like, oh, you should pull him out of elementary school and make him a CPA. That'd, that'd be good for him. And honestly, oil fracking would probably be safer for kids as a profession because, like, acting's the only profession that requires you on a daily basis to put your kids in the car and drive them on purpose to a building that's full of, like, pedophiles, sycophants, and, like, people that whiten their dog's teeth. And just... The absolute scum of the earth. People that, that are probably going to fuck up your kids mentally and probably just plain fuck them. And I've heard that's bad for their development. <laughs> it's not good for them. I, mean, I can't even enjoy watching a movie that has a bunch of kids in it, like Stranger Things or something. I feel like I'm watching a snuff film of their childhood. I feel like I'm watching a movie, uh, you know, where the dog dies, but from back before it was illegal to kill animals on television. Which is 1939. You guys know that before 1939, those horses are not okay. They didn't make it. It wasn't, it wasn't good for them. And then sometimes people will try to tell me, oh, some of the child actors turn out all right. What about Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster's okay. But you guys know, Jodie Foster's like best friends with Mel Gibson. So is she okay? <laughs> is she okay? Uh, I got more, but I think... Aw. Okay. Um, what did I have? What did I have written on the sheet of paper? Testosterone. Testosterone starts off with talking about NPR and like, I'm not sure. That might be like a little specialized. I don't know. It's just I, a little cute for me. You guys listen to NPR often? I don't know. Like Steve Inski pretending not to know how to pronounce, like, rap, you know, words and rap lyrics on the bumper stuff, and, like, oh, man, Radio Lab. Fucking 
radio lab. Like, if you're telling a story that takes place in England, you don't have to play Hail Britannia for me to, like, hold that idea in my head. Fucking babyish. Um, but anyway, so I was listening to it one day because there's nothing else in the car. They were doing a story about testosterone, like people that had much of it or too little of it, people that had, like, transitioned their gender or whatever and what that was like. And um, they were going down a list of, like, uh, like fact uh, attributes of people that had, like, a lot of testosterone in their body. And I was hearing it, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe identify with some of that. It was stuff like square palms and, like, a voice. And a, one of them literally, this is literally one of them, a wolfish grin. <laughs> uh, another one of them was, if you were in high school, voted most likely to Sarah Connor. Which I was. <laughs> no, that wasn't really one. That wasn't really one. Uh, but the last one uh, they told you about, which is completely real, was that levels of testosterone rise when you are uh, both working out, like in the middle of a really hard workout, or watching violence, even recorded violence, like people fighting. And when I heard that, I knew it was time to take my workouts to the next level by watching <laughs> videos of people beating the shit out of each other. And you guys, it is it works so well. Oh my god, I would you go to, go to any kind of fight porn site. It, you know, when you're like watching a video of a fight at two a.m. and you get embarrassingly hype about it, like you're, like UFC. Yeah, sure that too. But I mean, no, I want them to like mean it. I want someone to have snatched somebody's something and then now like an unholy fury is coming down. I watched them all. High school fight videos. Like I didn't get into the Appalachian preschool MMA backyard scene, but that exists. That exists and it's out there, and uh, I'm so grateful. But then it got me in trouble because uh, back when I was living in my car, I would work out sometimes by sneaking into the fitness room of like a Ramada Inn or something. Uh, you would just like fish a Starbucks cup out of the garbage, have sweatpants on, and a messy bun. And then now, you know, bust out a workout real quick before I go fly a sign. And I'm in, I'm in the Ramada one time waiting for somebody with a card to come wipe it through so he could get into the little tiny room with the foggy mirrors and the, like, one Nordic track. And I'm listening to, I'm, I'm watching the fights on my cell phone, headphones, and then eventually this, like, elderly dude in basketball shorts uh, comes to him, straight for me, stands up, he swipes the card. Goes in, I duck in behind him really quick. As I do, the door slams shut and catches my headphones and pulls them out of the phone. And then now all of a sudden we're like in this tiny room together and there's just the sounds of like, get him, Jeremy, get him, Jeremy. Fuck him up, fuck him up. And he was like looking at me, kind of confused. I was just like, this is what music sounds like now? This is what the kids listen to? Um, okay. I want to talk about the Myers Briggs personality index. Pedophiles. Um, I invented some new dog breeds. I guess. You know, like, I mean, it just sucks that we have all these dogs that, that are trained to do hyper specialized tasks. We took all their dogs away, I mean, we took all their uh, jobs away. Span of like 50 years. I just don't think it's fair. They're like quivering with excitement to do the thing they were trained to do. We don't want them to do it. We got to start over. We got to start from scratch. Dogs for modern people solve modern problems. You know, like a, a dog, like a retriever. 
but they go and retrieve cash and jewels. And also, they can break into people's houses. That's a dog that I can use. Um, you know, dogs that are good for selfies, really glossy, stand in front of you, reflect the light. Um, dogs that, like, secrete antibiotics from their eyes, but every day they change a little bit. Keep up with today's fast-paced MRSA outbreaks. <laughs> You know, like a, a dog that, if people call themselves their dog's mom, maybe you hit 40 and the dog's face will change to look like your face. <laughs> so then you don't feel so bad about not completing the biological imperative. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm in public with my dog, she'll be asleep and she'll be twitching like dogs do when they dream, like making little noises and shit. People are always like, oh, she must be rabbits. You know, stuff that dogs do during the day. Sometimes the dog tries to hump me, so it's like, you gotta figure some of those dreams. <laughs> some of those dreams, you're not stopping them. Like, you're into it. <laughs> All the things that COVID took away from us, Burlington, Vermont, near where I live, the one thing I can't believe it didn't take away was the axe throwing bar. <laughs> Somehow, there's still a bar. It survived the pandemic where you can go throw axes at the wall, and it makes me so goddamn mad. Oh man, I know I shouldn't get that worked up over it. It's just, oh. <clears throat> because they're not chopping wood in there, not surrounded by, like, you're supposed to chop like, you know, 10,000 cords of wood first. They're, they're trafficking in working class signifiers. I don't love that. Plus the fact that you just know. If it came down to the cut, they're not—they're not even helping people do it. They're not even going to be able to do it. Like I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, chopping wood for the apocalypse. They're in there twirling them around like majorettes. And if in fact the apocalypse did happen, and there was like you know a horde of people from Brooklyn cresting the hill, coming to take over my house in Vermont, and you needed somebody, you needed one of these Burlingtonians to sink the tip of that axe into the forehead of one of these fucks, they're going to be like. Not a regulation act. <laughs> it needs to be tuned. <laughs> uh, I guess I might as well. Sure, I'll I'll do the the hooker story last. Got to get back to those. But uh, <clears throat> so uh, before, uh, yeah, before this life, I used to have like a whole whole different one where I had like long hair and long nails and high heels and well for the purposes of this story I guess it is important not just a, a brag to say like I used to be super before I lost like most of my teeth which caused your face to sink in yeah, I was I was pretty attractive like people used to say Angelina Jolie but that's not true that's that was way too hot but absolutely Jessica Alba hot that's an objective fact I was absolutely as hot as like Jessica Alba so anyway um I, also I'm tired of standing up now, so I had parlayed this into like a fairly, I went from Craigslist hooker to like tech bro hooker, which was, you know, fairly, a fairly lucrative enterprise, and, um, huh? Like, uh, you know, like a, I, uh, I would say mostly tech bros is, is who I was working for, and so for setting this story is, I was in the car with one of these dudes one day was going off about my mom's declawed cat. 
You know, like, I've been seeing the dude a little bit, and he just tweeted that my mom's cat uh, had been declawed. I don't, I don't, I know we're not supposed to like it. I don't have that much of a problem with it. I mean, it was still confined to me. That seems happy enough. Otherwise, it was going to go to an animal shelter in Memphis, Tennessee, which would have been death. So it's like declawing or death. Whichever one you think is better. But he was, he was all up in arms about it. He's like, oh, man, don't you know it's just like cutting your knuckle off, your, your finger off at the first knuckle. That's, that's their fingers in there. And I was like, well, honestly, I think cats would be able to make that decision. I think if you offered a cat free room, board, medical care, and food for the rest of their natural life, they'd probably lose the first voluntarily. I know I would. If somebody was offering me <coughs> free room, you know, food, medical care for the rest of my life, you can have the first phone pieces. said, you want to put your money where your mouth is? I said, what? And he said that there was places on the internet, not the World Wide Web, but the internet, where he could put an ad like that, and maybe somebody would take me up on it and, uh, you know, decide to provide those things to me. You know, safely uh, in a medical setting, cutting the tips of my finger off. And I didn't have to think long about it before I said yes, because, come on, <laughs> the first knuckles in your finger? What the fuck? You can still dial a phone, pull a grenade, masturbate, Vulcan salute. What else is there? Those four things? Come on, you're good. It's good. That's all you need to do. And so he put the ad on the internet, and uh, surprisingly quickly it got answered. But if you had to guess a part of the world from which someone who would take me up on that offer would originate, what do you think? New Jersey. Uh, uh, no, not nobody there could afford it. <laughs> what, what you would now call the UAE? They're definitely they definitely grow some weird ones. Yeah, in that in that part of the world. Um. Yeah, they actually wanted a whole lifestyle thing. Like that was get, that was getting worked out. You know, am I going to like live at the house? Do I wear a collar? It was finally decided it was going to be just like you know I had my own. Separate oh, oh, domicile. Like yeah, no, that yeah, that's. that's... Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> that's not. We've apparently, a lot of people age. don't. I mean, my mom did. I don't judge other people. Uh, you. It's a conversation too. It's a con right because I'm sitting down. Fuck. <laughs> that's why they make them stand up. Now I get it, or else you're just talking. Or you're just talking. Oh. Gosh. Tradition. Tradition. Don't fuck with it. Well, United Arab Emirates have a lot of money, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, some free stuff going on. But luckily, before before that uh, happened, uh, some other shit went down. And uh, I basically ended up hitting the road because I was pretty heavily by these dudes. But it was kind of a shame because I had already practiced you know, doing a bunch of stuff that's going to be needed in my new cat lifestyle, like jumping up on the mantle and knocking a bunch of shit off. <laughs> Getting in a box of sand, much to other people at the place. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit down now. Strawberry Lake for 50th anniversary, unlikely, from the Grand Gazette, March 27, 2022, by Marissa Lorenz. On March 3rd, a post made to a number of Grant County Facebook groups announced, warned, 
about 20,000 plus coming to a forest near you. Rumor has it it's happening in Grand Lake. The post was referencing the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering, the 50th anniversary of an annual event first held at Strawberry Lake near Granby. For those who are unfamiliar with the Rainbow Family of Living Light, it grew out of various cultural and youth movements of the late 1960s and early 70s. Their annual world gatherings have become month-long events that center around a prayer and meditation circle for world peace, usually held on July 4th. Some have described the group as the largest non-organization of non-members in the world with no leaders and no organization. Others commonly refer to them as dirty hippies. And while Rainbow-created websites maintain that it is long-standing Rainbow Family consensus that nobody has ever or ever will represent the Rainbow Family, they often talk about such things as communal peace, love, and harmony on and with the planet Earth. That 1972 gathering was the Rainbow's first intentional large group gathering, drawing an estimated 20,000 to Grant County. A New York Times article from the period says that they came to meditate in the forest to chant prayers together, talk over things, and play flutes and guitars and drums under the spruce and aspen trees. It also details how local government opposed the event. Then-Governor John Love swore to prevent the gathering. The state closed roads to the campground. It tried to ban food from the area. But eventually, it was the young people who decided the issue. By hiking through the forest to get to the location, after being stuck in the town of Granby, many without accommodation, for seven days of standoff. The article goes on to say that concerns of health epidemics were unfounded, that waste was buried in military-style trenches, and that there was little evidence of drug use outside of an occasional marijuana cigarette. One-time journalist and owner-editor of the Middle Park Times, Ed Quillen, later wrote about being at that first event as a young reporter. Two years after that, I was editing the Kremlin newspaper in Grand County, and I heard the local side of the story, Quillen wrote. The Strawberry Lake crowd hadn't caused that much real trouble, but any substantial population spike in a remote and unpopulated zone, the county had only 5,000 people in those days, was burdensome and disruptive. But those contemporary accounts conflict with local memory as recalled today. That March 3rd post has garnered over 100 comments on one Facebook page, with most expressing negative attitudes toward the Rainbow Gathering and a hope it will not come back to the area. They pay for nothing and leave feces everywhere, states one Facebook commenter. For all the world peace and sacred healing they spew, it is wildly overshadowed by a lot of destructive and dangerous behavior, says another. And yet another local laments, We have laws in the county code because of this nightmare. It's why we can't live in a camper on our own property. Few voices speak in defense of the event, though two individuals claim to know that the gathering will not return to the Granby area. And a longtime Rainbow who calls himself Muddy George recently echoed that unlikelihood. By phone, George, a Colorado native and self-described protector of our national forest, recounts his first gathering, the second in Colorado, held in 1992 in Paonia. I was concerned. I went with the intention of participating, but I also wanted to make sure a large gathering would be safe and environmentally friendly to Colorado. George says he has attended most annual gatherings since, serving in various capacities, including as part of the Vision Council that makes consensus-based decisions about upcoming events. He confirms and stresses that no decisions have yet been made about the 2022 location other than that it will be in Colorado. George explains that scouting of potential sites takes place on a continual basis. 
We know that we're a large group, so areas that work for our needs, such as parking, water, camping, are generally areas that are already permitted, already have an impact use, and have historically been used by other large groups, such as large hunting camps or grazing or logging activities. Sites that are vulnerable or problematic don't meet our needs. Burn scars and rehabbing burn scars don't meet our needs, George assures. The strawberry site, being a sensitive area, would negate its consideration. And Muddy George understands well the community's concerns about fire. He lost his own home to a Colorado wildfire in 2002. Yet he continues to return to the gathering, seeing firsthand the work done being, being done to mitigate not just fire, but violence, long-term environmental damage, and waste accumulation. As for Grand County safety officials, they are already in discussion about resource needs should the Rainbow Group decide to return to the area. We are aware of the likelihood of the 2022 World Rainbow Family Gathering happening in Colorado and the possibility it could take place in Grant County, says Grand County Sheriff Brett Schrotlin. While it is too early to know with any certainty, it is our understanding that historically the location of the gathering is not determined until after their spring council in June. We are engaged in preliminary discussions with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize, and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community. And Regin Cloudman, Public Information Officer for the Arapaho National Forest, affirms that same message. We know the community is still recovering from the 2020 fires and the pandemic on top of that. Here, we have the advantage of knowing this event may occur, giving us time to prepare for it, and allowing us to plan for a significant number of additional resources to support safely and environmental efforts. More details of how a coordinated response to a planned Grand County Rainbow Family Gathering would work, and who would be involved in what capacities, is expected in the coming weeks. The U.S. Forest Service will be communicating that information as it is determined. Thousands from Rainbow Family Sect plan to descend on Colorado this summer, making law enforcement nervous, like the Burning Man Festival, but weirder, reports indicate, by Conrad Swanson from the Denver Post, March 31st, 2022. The 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Family of Living Light's first gathering in Colorado comes this summer, and the group, a sect of hippies that say they stand for peace and love, appear likely to return to its roots. Sheriff's departments in Grand and Jackson counties, alongside U.S. Forest Service officials, confirmed that the Rainbow Family appears poised for a month-long gathering in Colorado this summer. Rainbow Families can bring thousands of people together for what Vice reported amounts to a weird version of Burning Man, mixing bikers, Jesus freaks, computer programmers, naked yogis, and gutter punks looking to escape the thralls of everyday life. In Colorado, past gatherings led to an uptick in trespassing and illegal camping charges after seven members told police that they took psychedelic drugs before climbing atop Boulder Public Library's roof, the Daily Camera reported. The group gathers each year for about a week, but this year, marking their 50th anniversary, they're expected to stick around for longer. Flyers posted around Jackson County said they'd gather from June 28th to July 28th, said Sheriff Jared Poley, likely near the Granby area. Precisely where they'll gather and how many people might come remains unclear, Poli said. It really concerns me that it's for a full month. There's not a real good way to prepare for it, Poli said. In the past, we've seen issues come out of it like thefts, vandalism, abandonment of trash, animals on Forest Service property. Forest Service spokesman, spokeswoman Reed Armstrong said the agency is aware of the possible gathering, but that, that it's neither permitted nor sanctioned. 
Groups larger than 75 people require a special use permit, and the Rainbow family has consistently refused to abide by those requirements, she said. We want to assure the community that we are working with our partners and cooperators to prepare for the possibility of a large extended gathering in Colorado, Armstrong said. Serena Roxund, a district wildlife manager with Colorado Park,